Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Remember that, that's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Hello everyone, you're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show in partnership with Allianz. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Mayo footballer and manager James Horan, by the former Kerry footballer Brian Sheehan and by Morris Brosnan, the senior sports writer with the Irish Examiner. The Allianz League is up and running. It was a fascinating weekend of football. We're going to talk about all four divisions of the National Football League and later we are going to talk about the ongoing saga of the All-Ireland Club Football Final. I want to start, James, with you. You're very welcome. Uh, what was it like? Did you go to Castlebar yesterday? Uh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, um, it, I did. Um, went in and and got a seat in the stand. Knew I had to be there early because I, <laughs> I I know what the Mayo public are like and how early they get to their game. So so brought brought a couple of the kids with me and and hopped in there. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, good good occasion. Um, Great, great crowd, great atmosphere, and um, yeah, parts of the game turned out to be really exciting. So, so um, probably a fair, a fair result in the end, Paul. I, w- I would think. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the actual game itself in in a minute. Uh, what did it feel like to be there though and not involved? Uh, let me think. Really, really weird. I'd say is probably the best way to to describe it. I, I was. I was dropping one of my daughters to, she was going to a sleepover for the night during the day. And so I was going through Castlebar around half one in the day. And I remember the game was at half seven and there was a lot of Mayo shirts knocking around at that time. So when I saw it straight away, my head kicked into pre-game meal, what needed to be said before the meal, where where the players were probably meeting. So my, my, my head went into into sort of game mode and, and, and prepping for it. But um, so, so, so as I said, got, got in there and... I suppose I forgot how, what it's like to be a spectator, I suppose. And I was in the thick of it with the, with the other 15,000 people that were there and just the noise and the volume and and how how uh, emotions can swing from good to bad within the space of one hand pass. It was just, so <laughs> you get caught up in this sort of um, wave that, that, that goes on. So look, look, it was very enjoyable. Um, Headed downtown with a few of my old buddies that I haven't had a drink with in about a decade after a football game. So, uh, good, good, good night out. Good night. So it's back in civilian life, basically. Back in, back in, in as normal, normal life as can be. Absolutely. And it was, it was, it was a hugely enjoyable game of football to watch on television. At least, was it the same there? It was funny because I watched it back. Um, that night, it, it it looked a way more intense on the TV and faster on the TV than it was in, in at, at the game, if that makes any 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 sense. Um, it started off well, but there was there was long periods of the game where um, there was a very cautious approach approach from both teams. I, I thought and how they attacked. So there was a sort of a, a a no man's land in the middle of the field at times where there was a lot of passing that was uh, with without purpose. Uh, I thought so slightly sideways but then interspersed with that there was there was you know periods of brilliant football brilliant point scoring I thought some of the points going on in the first half in particular were were, were really good really well crafted and really well taken um, and then of course at, at, you know Mayo started very well in the second half and towards the end then it got it got really exciting as you know as any game is that's really close. It, there's going to be excitement in there, you know, because it could go either way. So, so uh, yeah, there was a full full mix of, of of everything in the game. Morris, you were up there as well, I think. Weren't you reporting for the Examiner on it? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, like, I agree with James totally. I think it's, modern football sometimes ends up being five minutes of a frenzy and then five minutes of, of kind of nothing. Like, they're just kind of not for, for a bit. And that's the way, the, certainly the first half felt a good bit. It probably feels like a new phase for... I think both teams actually, like you look at the Galway defence that started the three debutants playing, there's a good chance all three in the absence of Liam Silk and Kermaloy will be needed come championship. So you've got a guy like Daniel O'Farrity who, who joined the squad last year. I'd actually top, held his own really well. Neil McCahey is in a similar level. 
Um, from a Galway perspective as well, I think you do have to take consideration that you're only getting Mike Cullen, eight Mike Cullen players were in the squad for this game. They only came back in post-Christmas. You've got a Sigerson Cup going on at the minute, which was actually cancelled on Tuesday, so they don't train on Monday expecting to play on Tuesday. They actually can't even train on Thursday because the game is moved to Thursday, so they go a week effectively without training with Galway. So that's taken into consideration. I don't necessarily think the, the style questions... I do think, Paul, like a lot of the the takeaways from this weekend that even I'm just seeing this morning in, in some of the papers is a bit... It's a bit of a stretch. Like I, 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 To be honest, I saw no real change from the way me up last year I don't I don't it's despite the fact that you know Connor Loftus did play at at six or that kind of thing I saw no change in style I did actually James I, I did kind of want to ask you like the the idea of that the maybe the the label of of hornball for example you know that the, that the phrase or even that that phrase and the perception that it needs to change like what was your your thoughts on that because because I think it's we're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of talk about the style we see over the next Couple of weeks and that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's a lot of it is nonsense. Like there's no there's no justifiable evidence of it. So instead of talking about the change that we have seen, maybe the the overall scheme of what we might see is a is a more worthwhile conversation. Yeah, um, um, it, it was interesting. Look, there's, there's no question Mayo generating power and generating energy from the half back line has been a huge source of 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 threat for for the team for for many years. Um, and I, I think some of that will stay. But yeah. Your point, it was very interesting to see what, what the philosophy was almost yeah. of, of both teams, you, you know, how they're approaching it. And, and look, it's very early days, so there's going to be loads of mistakes and loads of changes and defaulting back to the way they've always... All that sort of stuff goes on in the first couple of games till, till, till patterns emerge. But I, I definitely thought there was there was probably more numbers around the middle um, from, from Mayo and, and maybe quicker to, to get into a defensive position. You know, Jordan Flynn around the middle, Jim O'Connor there, and, and they, they were dropping. Jack Carney was dropping quite, quite, quite deep at times. So there was a lot of strong or strengths uh, around the middle that were 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 probably a, you know a twenty to thirty yard from a positional sense deeper than than maybe what 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 the approach I would have taken. So so there's definitely some some sort of structural or positional changes there that were trying to prob- probably strengthen the defense, and then you could see trying to transition as quickly as they possibly could, you know, you know, with the option of looking up to see what, and, you know, Ryan was winning, winning huge ball in, in, inside. So that option, is that on? If not on, then then the supporting runs go. So there was definitely a little change there, I I, I would say, um, trying to maybe, because there was so many new Devons, as you said, you know, we did McBreen in there, Jack Coyne was in there, a lot of new guys there. So so maybe that would factored into some of the, some of the, the decision-making as well. In, in terms of Galway, there's been huge turnover in Galway for a, a team that was in an All-Ireland final and very close to winning an All-Ireland last year, Morris. And will you talk to us a little bit about what Park Joyce has been doing? Yeah, like it's... It, I was actually writing about this for the Examiner on Saturday and I do, I do think it's, it is interesting when you uh, tot up. Like, I'm, I'm still bleary-eyed from looking at Excel sheets from every single player. I went through the 34 games Park Joyce has had under Galway before last weekend. And just look at the amount of players he'd used. So the 70 different players. Doesn't sound like a lot, but then you think about before that, I think Kevin Walsh was up near 140 players that he used as well. So the turnover, it's always been an issue in Galway. Like the turnover is, is absolutely massive. But then you look at the amount of, the, on top of that, like the, the three years of a phase, and you let's say if you totted up the, the top 15 players for minutes played under Galway, and three of them are, we're probably not going to see this year in Funeral Loy, has gone to Australia, Liam Silk has gone to New Zealand, Kieran Loy, Torres Ham, Cruciate. On top of that, then it looks like we there's no confirmation yet, but the soundings is that Rob Prenny did the same ankle that he did in, in 2021 against Yee, actually James in the in the kind of oh. final. Um, so if it's the same injury again, he's he's going to be out for unfortunately a guy who's in a lot of form. So that's four players of your top 15. You're suddenly talking about a, a new rebuild, effectively. You know, and that's I thought that was interesting that Boris came back for three years. But that was what the announcement was when he came back this stage. I do think there is a huge scope for. He threw open the door like they had a massive squad for the FPD League. I think they're down to about forty now, but from there's a there's a long term element to all of this, and then there's the what we're seeing now with this Galway team. So it is arguably having to rebuild his defence. Definitely going to have to do something. The only positive from the weekend is that the three All Stars from last year all seem to pick up where they left off in in terms of um, McDade, Comer, and John Daly. I thought they all looked looked excellent again. At the same time, then Paul, like there's there's a there's a separate conversation to all of this what's going on in the short term, which I think is interesting, which is the what's going on in Galway as a whole. Um, and I do, you know, just from, my, from a county board perspective, the, the back and they've got there, 
the changes in train structures and that sort of thing, which I think was coming along. It's funny, right? I was at um, uh, Friday night, there was a mutual in Oliver. It's a business partnership for Galway GA, which is they're launching the opportunity to come on board for other businesses. It's a new revenue stream, effectively, for, for Galway GA. They launched it on Friday night uh, in Galway. And I was there and um, actually the, 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 the MC stood up at the start and he said he could do it. There was, you know, there was a legend. It's a, it's a meal thing. They bring up legends on stage and they, Joe Canning and Mike Michal Meehan, and they do interviews and both managers were there. But uh, the MC at the start stood up and he said, I could do, um, I could do a, a great kind of conference interview here or I could do a boring TV interview. So if everybody agrees not to, to say anything about what happened in this hall, I'll do the first one. Yeah. Um, he wasn't going to do the TV interview, which I thought was an interesting thing for, a, for an RTE presenter to say, no, I have to say, but anyway, so I'm not going to say much about what was said there, obviously. But one thing that I did think was interesting was Paul Bellew, the Gala chairman, stood up and he said, um, and this is something he said previously, that when he took the over as Gala chairman, one thing he promised himself was that over his dead body, would anybody ever be able to say again was the county board to blame. Like they'll never say this was because of the county board. So anything that they could provide, they would. And uh, like James York had, I actually thought you never brought it up re or really, or even when we asked you about it after games, you never really engaged in it. But it had to have been a factor for your Rangers, for example, the, the difficulty to source a training fields, the issues with the surface in Mikhail Park, all that sort of stuff. And that's all been totally resolved within Gallagher. So they've got manageable debt. They've got a, an improved training facility. The long-term prospects for Galway are very promising. But within all that, I, I, I kind of see a bit of short-term pain in terms of trying to rebuild a squad and trying to bet in all these guys, like three guys who've basically walked in without a huge amount of exposure to senior football. There's inevitably, I think there is going to be a small bit of pain there. So long-term prospects, I think, are very good for, for Galway and for this team. But I do think in the short term, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It is, it's a new rebuilding job, effectively. James, what do you see when you look over the fence into Galway? Uh, yeah, there, there. I'd agree with a lot of what Morris is saying there. Um, like the talk was that Mayo had a very young and inexperienced team out on, on on Saturday night, but I suppose so had Galway. When you, you know, when you wait, when you weigh things up. So while while poor choice would be um, in Park's unique style would be. Uh, very, very cross after the game and how they how they lost it or how they didn't win it. I suppose um, he'll he'll be he'll be very happy with with, with some of the debutants and, and again as Mara said with 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 some of the senior guys. Um, you, know, you know, Damien Comer. I thought you you know in the first half was he's such a threat. Um, so, so you know in the, in in the air and and he, he's such very good hands. So overall, they'll they'll be happy. They're very good. You know, young players coming through. Jack Lane. Um, they have pro probably through through Keen O'Neill, um, and uh, you know he's been obviously with us. He was with 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 Kerry, uh, you know Tipperary, Kildare, Cork, um, and you know through his through his career, he's obviously a highly qualified and and, and knows I suppose what's needed around high performance. So I think him joining um, Boric in the backroom team, and as Mars said about Paul Value, that they've definitely got their stuff together. Um, I think down through the years we would have felt we'd always, you know, we would have had the edge on them, um, you, you know, maybe physically from an SSC point of view and a prep point of view. Um, certainly, we 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 use that as a as a as a strength of ours. Um, but but they they definitely have caught up as a lot of counties have. I think you know because there for a few years, maybe from ten years ago, there was four or five counties, in my opinion, that were that were ahead of the rest in terms yeah, of yeah, way prep. ahead. And, and the commitment and effort, et cetera, et cetera, they were putting in. Those other counties that maybe were crying a little bit, they didn't have the resources of this, that, and the other, but some some counties just went after it a little bit and, and, and pulled away. But I, th I definitely think you're seeing now counties, um, a, a large number of counties that are, are prepping very well. I think Galway are, Galway are heading that. And they're going to be – Galway are a very good team. We, we, we saw them last year. Um and and uh, are, are going to be very strong with what's coming through, you know, with their, with their under twenties, etc. And now the structure that they have in place, plus the confidence that they got, um, you know, from from last year's, you know, the win over a I think it, I, I think it, it really, they just said right, and maybe back to the win over us, the the point win in Castlebar. I I think it it definitely gave them a huge surge of confidence, and they, and they kicked on from that. So, um, you, you know, with Sean Kelly and the Mike Cullen guys as well, they're. <laughs> He's a very, very good leader. So they've they've a lot they've a lot of pluses there at the moment and in, 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 in where they're heading. Before we move on to to talk about the other 
uh, All-Ireland finalists and All-Ultimate Champions, Kerry, I want to ask you, James, you refer to Porrick Joyce's unique style there. What do you mean <laughs> What do you mean by that? Look, you guys are... <laughs> <laughs> you guys are following Park, so 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 Park's very much his own man, um, and 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 uh, very clear. I think he's very frank in how he deals with 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 with, with the media and and his interviews after a game. I always I always find them find them find them interesting. He said, uh, he, he, you know, he reminds me of Davy Fitz a little bit in some of his interviews. I'm not going to say this, and then he does say it. You know. So, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> It's kind of great, though, isn't it? It's kind of great that he's he's like what he's he's straight out. Oh, absolutely! Look, what the GA needs is is characters and and people that are you, you know I, I suppose unique or authentic. Um, you know, it it, it adds to the mix uh, in there. So 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 Porik is certainly that. And are you friendly? I I wouldn't say I wouldn't say friendly. You know. Um, We've had a lot. Of, we had a lot of battles down through the years for you know, during management, um, and I, I suppose we we won most of the important games. <laughs> so maybe that didn't put me on his on his Christmas card list. You know that, that sort of happens. But I don't know how many intercounty managers are friendly. Uh, there's, yeah, there's there, a that, that's a question though, isn't it? Like, yeah. are you? Do you? Are you? Do you get on with? Like, do you have a relationship with, say, Jack O'Connor or with? Um, uh, Jim Gavin. Um, I suppose you would, yeah. Jack, like Jack, Jack could be a, 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 a good fella to deal with. So I know him, you know, after after I retired, um, it was one of the first calls I got was from Jack, um, just wishing me well. Um, so 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 very good. I suppose there's a couple of managers. Colin Collins actually be a guy I'd, I'd I'd a huge respect for and great time for, and we'd we'd always sneak down to clear very early in the season and have a couple of. Of challenge games against Clare, we've been do, we've done that for years because they're very honest, really well organized team, and and Colin a great guy to deal with. So so we do that, you know, sort of away from the away from the crowd, and and so so it'd be you know huge respect for 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 Colin. And you'd you'd know you'd know the other managers. Um, you know, I, I remember rooming with Glenn Ryan out in Australia in '99 on a trip, and you know all that kind of stuff. So there's connections through through football there. Um, so, so um, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd be in touch with some of them. But there's obviously managers, you, you know, in the heat of battle that you go, that, you know, you just, you mightn't say that much to them after a game or in the weeks following, you know. So. But I, it, it's very similar as a player. Like, I mean, when you're, when you're playing, at the end of the day, you're, you're, and I found maybe I was just the odd one in this, but I've heard since a few fellas were in the same wavelength as me. You're against players, you know, you meet them at certain events or you're doing a, uh, you know, a muster final thing for media team. You're going out. This one is trying to win what you want to win, or this one is trying to take you off a pedestal, and they find it very hard to be all nicely yeah. pally pally with fellas. And it's presumably the same as managers, James. Yeah. You know, you're knocking the door. They're trying to beat Kerry with Fismar on one side. They're trying to knock on the door with Jim Gavin. We're trying to knock on the door with yourselves and against Dublin. I mean, I don't think I was ever pally pally with those kind of players because yeah. they were all trying to take what I wanted, and I didn't want. You know, I just I don't know. That was just me, and I do think maybe I'm the odd one in that, and it could very well be my personality. I think since I've retired in, you get way more relaxed. You're not as, as intense and you're there for not having to talk to them and give something away or give something that they might use. You might say something that they might use to, to beat you with down the line. So I find once I kind of retired and stepped away from it, you know, if you meet these people, then it's very easy to open up to a conversation with them. And all of a sudden, I think both people then are, are a bit more relaxed. So I think when you're in the firing line and you're in the thick of it, you don't want to give things something away. You're very cautious of what you're saying. You're trying to get one over them. And I think all of a sudden, then once you're kind of step away from it, I think you uh, that perspective kind of comes out and fellas ease up a bit and uh, allow a bit more engaged in, in conversation. Ryan, Kerry, Kerry, um, did you think Kerry would lose on on Sunday? I did, to be honest, with you. Um, I thought they they'd, they'd probably lose more than by by point. To be perfectly honest, um, just with the sheer volume of bodies are down, and and particularly in the forward line. Um, you know, I was above in corners myself during the week, and I said to myself, if I was in any better shape, I might get a call to go in because they were, they were lacking numbers. <laughs> um, but so no, um, they were just they're just down a serious amount of bodies. Do you know what I mean? I think when you take like so Paul Ganey, isn't he 30s now? I don't think he's going to be going through a full campaign, uh, from league right the way through the championship. Uh, you obviously have the two Cliffords, Paddy and Davis, who are only just finished up. Um, 
Sean Shea played a lot of football last year. I think he played the majority of the games in the league right through championship, played right up into the semi-final of the county championship. So I think, you know, Kerry are trying to probably mind a couple of those fellas. I don't think they need to burn the candle, burn them, and all of a sudden when, when you need to kick off them in Crow Park uh, or later on in the championship, that it's not there. So, look, they're just down, I suppose the players are missing are all big, big key players. I think that was what you saw above in, in against Gaul, or Donegal yesterday. You know, you're up six points, and I think if you had the senior players that were there, I don't think that they would have they wouldn't have been defeated. And I think that's what happens. There's a lot of use, a lot of newcomers in this in the side yesterday, and you know, above and belly buffet is a hard place to go, regardless, even even with a full team. So, um, you know, I suppose they would be disappointed to lose having been six points up. I know, you know, Tony scored three points in the last 15 minutes of the first half and then the whole of the second half is disappointing and I think that's where Jack would be absolutely livid the fact that you're up there you're you're six points in the lead above Valley Buffet and to, to come out and lose with the last kick of the game would be very disappointing from that but I think if they look back on it going up there uh, with the squad they have I don't think it would have been a game that they would have asked or been looking to take two points from Will it be in Jack's head that Kerry have never won the All-Ireland under him without winning the league? I, I is he is he is he is he a man for pitch hogs in that area? No, but it's funny how you 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 kind of say he's a man for hogs. These things just calm or these things seem to happen. Like every time that Tyrone won the All Ireland, Jack O'Connor's coming as a career manager the following year and won the All Ireland. These things just happen, and he happens to win the league the same times as he wins the championship. It's, you know, yeah, it's just these. It's, not, it's nothing more than that. It's nothing more than that. I think you know. I mean, but I will say that Jack does put emphasis on the league because I recall when we were playing one with Jack, and it was around the time whenever you did well in the league. And I think if we look back through the years, people that succeed in the league or go to a league final are nearly always there. They're both come championship, or are always nearly knocking the door at an all-Ireland semi-final in the final. And I think that's the difference with the old system is that you were playing football right up until the age of the, the championship. You know, we were playing competitive football, whereas if you didn't qualify for the league semi-final or final, you know, in Kerry, we could have been waiting two or three months for a game of football. And you're training and you don't know where you're at. And you're, you know, you're just undercooked going to a championship game. Whereas if you contest the league semi-final, got to a league final, all of a sudden there's four weeks you know, of, of extra competitive football you're playing. It just stands well to you then come into the championship. So the, he did put great emphasis on the league, to be fair. But I just think... This year, after coming off the back of the All Ireland, missing the Cliffords, um, Paul Gainey with the eight years, David Moran after retiring, I just think now for me it's about don't get into a dogfight for relegation. Win your home games. I thought, you know, even looking back yesterday, you could have said yes, two points up in Donegal would have been a fantastic result. I don't think they would have expected it, but in the position they were, being six points up, I think they'd be furious to leave it after them. But for me, I think we carry is unearth a few more players if they can. Um, just try and keep Billy on the squad. Obviously, David Moran is after departing in the middle of the field. Big shoes to fill, even from the point of view of, you know, it's an extra body you need to bring into the middle of the field now and get up to speed of inter-county football. So, from that point of view, I just think they just need to find one or two players in the league, keep t- tipping away, and don't find themselves in, the, in a relegation battle. And, and, you know, if that happens, if they find themselves inside in a relegation battle, all of a sudden you're knocking on the door of Paddy Clifford and David Clifford and Sean Shane said, lads, I need you back ASAP. And all of a sudden, their gap or their recovery period is after producing. So I think that's the last thing they want. It's it's interesting, though, isn't it, for a team for a team to be looking for so many players, central players, early in the season? Because it's clear that there's going to be a midfield issue for Kerry in the coming year. Do you see the answers being there? Um, at the moment, no, it's just one of those areas that, that has been light. I think Kerry has been very lucky, and I suppose I kind of put myself it's detrimental from my point of view that we always seem to have a, a array of midfielders in Kerry. I recall my time playing there in United and training, you're against Anthony Maher, you're against David Moore, you're against Johnny Buckley, you're against Donahue. You know, you could have played four or five different fellas in the middle of the field, and now all of a sudden you're just kind of lacking that extra bit of quality that's there. You know, it's got to come down to Jack Barry, Adrian Spillane might play there. Um, you know, it was bringing, you know, you know, Mark Green from Rockmore's coming in, Rory Morfields can play their time, but they're relatively young, lacking inter-county experience at that level. And in fairness, the middle of the field is probably one of those areas in inter-county football, I feel, where you, you need experience. You need to have 
the physicality and you need to have that kind of bank of training put into the legs to be able to sustain 70 minutes of football because you know that middle ace in inter-county football is you know it's the war of attrition it's it's continuously up and down the field taking hits it's the one you know it's it's, it's a big area um are they there look i think you just have to give it time you know i, I recall talking to marco shade recently and i think i heard him again on the radio you know Kerry hit jacko and we thought we'd never replace jacko shea and then all of a sudden you know we got darrow shea came into the fray he he kicked on and all of a sudden then we found david moore and we found anthony maher you know so look i think give it time these fellas just need a bit of time and you know probably just missing the fact that if they were there a bit earlier to learn from like of davis have a kind of a forward figure there that could guide him along a bit more experience would have been great but look David owes nothing to, to carry and unfortunately he, he had to step away. Life doesn't wait for him. Family matters work. You know, when you get to your 30s, that's what happens. And um, look, I think they'll find someone, but I think it will be one of those areas I think that will be of concern for Kerry going forward. Morris, um, Russ Common beating Tyrone would have surprised quite a number of people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Certainly me. <laughs> I do, I have to say, like you're looking at Russ Common at the start of the year, and you're thinking of David Burke coming in, making some very interesting comments. I thought about the general level of fitness of his squad, um, the loss of Uthan Harney, who I thought, to my mind, was one of the best midfielders in Connacht last year. Um, Connor Devaney's retirement, and you were, I, it looked like it was a fairly significant rebuilding job, and all these players who anybody's watching, you know, the Sixers Cup this year would have seen maybe the likes of Ben O'Carroll playing. UCD and that, but to see them how quickly they seem to be coming up to speed was impressive. I would, I would add, Paul. It's funny, like I, you know, I, I was listening to your conversation there about Kerry Donegal, and while all of it is certainly pertinent, and I fully appreciate why Brian might mention the idea that Kerry are fighting off relegation. Kerry did start last year with a draw in Newbridge as well, and didn't seem to struggle too much after that. So I would just take it. With a pinch of salt, the games at the start of the year here versus mm. what we saw, mm. and definitely kind of overreacting to to any of these results. Now, that's not to talk down Ross Commons' results or talk up a carrier or anything like that. But I just think you would, I would definitely take a lot of this with um with a pinch of salt. But yeah, like from a Ross Commons perspective, they you come up fly out of the box the way they did, and then to see Tyrone coming back and I, I genuinely with the wind behind them thought that game was only going to go one, go one way, and Ross Commons managed to rattle off goals. One one thing I'd be really interested to look back on, and I'm sure I'll get time to eventually, is the, you know, if you talk to performance analysis now in GA, a lot of them talk about their their, their buzzword is breaches. Like a lot of teams talk about breaches now, which is it's kind of a very generic enough term, but it's just about your ability to, and I think a lot of the goals we're seeing in Gaelic football now are, are very similar. Like I would say, if you looked at, look back on Sean Kelly's goal, look at Killian O'Sullivan's goal for Mead, look at what Murta did for Enda Smith's pass for that goal after the free, the way he ran, that kind of runner from deep, the way how well-timed that is. None of that is, that's not happening by accident. Like This is all planned, it's coordinated stuff. If the last decade was defined by a lot of innovation around the way teams are defending, I think we're going to see that now and the way teams are attacking. So that's one thing I'd be really curious to see. I'd love to, I'd really interested to see what teams are going to do with centre-backs this year. Like I looked, just looked across the board there. Every team seems to be, you were at the Dublin game, I know we're going to come to that, but... To me, it looked like John Small was up in the forwards. I know Merchant was actually playing at six. Darren McVitie played at six for Cavan. Uh, you look back on last year, Ronan Wallace for Westmead was one of the stories of the year. John Daly from Galway had five assists from centre-back. And I think that's what they're doing going forward, as opposed to maybe Conor Loftus is a perfect example as well, what they could bring in attack as opposed to in defence. So that's one thing I'll be interested in. But I am I'm reluctant to, to draw too many overwhelming takeaways from... From, from any of these games, I suppose. It's much, uh, too, much too measured, Morris. <laughs> the, the modern way is, it's instant but, to judgment here. But you know what, it's, 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 Morris makes a good point, like, because the way football is at the moment, it's gone, a lot of it has gone defensive. And you have a lot of half-forwards line, you know, tracking back the field and, and, and defending. And like, it makes perfect sense to, to play a forward, someone that's going to be capable of coming up from, from centre-back and half-back line kicking scores. <laughs> like, you, you look at Armada doing a bit to the extreme with, with, with Rafferty and goal, like, but, you know, the game is kind of coming to that point of view that if you were, if it's about, before it was for me, it was all, it was all defensiveness and all defensive coaching. But now I think teams are are working on different ways of breaking that down. And and it's just going to be interesting how they're going to do it. Like, and, uh, it's it's interesting, there, though, there were 30 goals across the four divisions hmm. uh, over the weekend. 
So on the on the same weekend last year, there were just 24. So 30 goals on 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 the weekend, which is more than any weekend last year, from what I could see. My maths isn't great, but that's the best I could, I could do with it. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of goals in to be conceded in a game which is supposedly ultra defensive. Yeah, but I think you just as you mentioned there, like I think teams now are really working on how to break it down. Because yeah. I think over the last couple of years, there's been the kind of the go-to for a lot of teams of of, of defensive structures, and you hear all this talking about defensive shape and this kind of stuff. I think now teams are really working on how to to counteract that. So you see, is it attacking the... James? Is there a lot of work being done on pre-planned moves, attacking shape, all of that? Uh, uh, there, there always is, but but. A lot of the goals I would say that were scored at the weekend were were def- defensive error, mistakes. Yeah. So I, you know, like you take Sean Kelly's goal, um, you know, against against Mayo, Kelly McDade was solo across the field. Now you could argue that there was no shape or pattern to anything, but he held on to the ball and just solo across, and basically the Mayo defense just drifted out a little bit, didn't didn't cover the didn't cover the square. And it was a simple hand pass and 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 in, you know, and even Enda Smith's brilliant pass, brilliant left footed pass across Gary Murta. Where was the defendant there? Like, like he he took that on the you know inside the 20, 21. So, so you can have numbers, you can have numbers back, but it's it's what's your defensive read and 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 what job is you are doing um, th- there? You know, even in the Kildare Dublin game, we'll come to it. Those you know in front of the goal was left left open quite a lot. So. There's a lot of work done on, on the on the defensive setup, and and you can see. And just just point I want to make is back to Morris's point. The first round of the league is a complete lottery yeah. on multiple fronts, multiple yeah. fronts. Like I, I used to always laugh. At, oh my God, Horden is trying out an experimental team today in the first <laughs> the first league. I had no other players. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's so many injuries. There's yeah. you leave the Sigerson guys alone. Yeah. There's the, the older guys are in bits from the from the last season. I don't Lee. I don't want to see you till the end of January type thing. So you, you have all this kind of stuff. So it all depends. Like how did you, how did your county club teams do last year? Did they get out of Connacht? So if they if they got out of Connacht, that means you're going to leave them for a while, basically. Yeah. But you know if if you if you if you didn't get out of your province, then you can get bring those guys in. So there's there's how many guys have you in Sigerson? You might be lucky. You might have none. You know, or you might have five or six, and you might have them in UL, you might have them in DCU, you might so it's just a mix of everything. So to, to your point, Mars, I I don't know what you could dig out of the first couple of games. It's usually, you know, if the first two games end, there's a couple of there's a couple of weeks break, and you want your stuff to start taking shape a little bit for your third game. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what you're looking at. I'm sure Kerry, I think yeah. Kerry have Mayo in the third game up in Mayo, have they? Yeah. I'm sure they'll be Jack will be looking to get you know, a couple of this because you want to start getting stuff in order then, you know, because the season type of it is. So, so that's what the point I'm making is people are looking for shapes and patterns and all this kind of stuff at the minute. It's an absolute, just a, a, a mess of everything. Is it? I, I, it, it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a great point though, James, about players um, and being injured and tiredness. Like you lost Tommy Conroy last year, early in the year to, to Sigerson. I think Owen McLaughlin picked up injuries as well. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Sigerson. I I looked at the matches over the weekend, and being at Dublin Kildare, it's an amazing thing to say at the start of a league. But I thought there was a lot of tired players mm. around the place, and part of it is I know the heavy train, and part of it is Sigerson, part of it's preseason competitions. H- how do you go about trying to manage that, lads? And I'm sure we'll cover this at some stage. But the seasons that we have now, the split season, like is and for a player that. And I'd always like to think as a manager that 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 we did our best for the players and, and supported them. If you if you're a player now and you look at the seasons that you have now, if you're a club player, you're going to be happy because there's there's a split season. You know, you're you're training in January. I see clubs. I live here beside Bravery Pitch, and they're training down here on the pitch and in the middle of January, and they haven't a game, a serious game till till when? You, you September. Know, they yeah, might play in September. That, Big game in September. That, that's soulless. That's soulless for a club player, but. What 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 you're what you're expecting from intercounty players? Again, we, we mentioned Sean Kelly earlier on, right? Think of the last eighteen months that guy's had. W- won the Sigerson go away, straight in, you know, intercounty season, got the All Ireland final. Mike Cullen, the run right through the All Ireland semi final, and he's straight back in now to to you know to a league campaign, and will be he's their mainstay. He'll be playing there. That like 
where there's no and playing Sigerson Sigerson quarterfinal this weekend. And, and he's only playing Sigerson this, exactly. this, this Wednesday. So 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 it's just insane. And and look, we've squeezed the season tighter, and we put thirty more whatever in, intercounty games in there. S- something's gonna something's gonna break. Um, something's going to break. So, so anyway, but 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 we we we'll, we'll, we'll we 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 will come back to that. But it, it is a basic point. In the next twenty-one weeks, if a team does middling well in the provincial championship, doesn't get to a league final or anything, but just survives in the league, middling well in the provincial championship, and gets to, we'll say, the semi-final of the Talchin Cup or the or the All Ireland, even the quarter-final, you're looking at fifteen or sixteen matches in twenty-one weeks, and that's that's a that's a pretty significant. Output. Um, Arma, Arma beat Paul, can I, Monaghan. Can I ask one question yeah. to James just before we move off that. James, if we, when you look back on how last year went and uh, the gap between the league final and the first round of the Connacht Championship, and you've got, a, I think, Mayo out a similar situation this week. If they were to make league final the, the first or second of April, the first game is a week later in the Connacht Championship. Would you want to make a league final if you were Mayo manager this year? This it's it's like would you would you set that's <laughs> a hard question yeah would you set out to win it you'd set out to develop and you'd be trying to try different players at different things and you'd see how that'd go and depending on how you do in your first couple of games you might have enough scope then to change and try and develop and try other things which may lead to you you know losing a game that you could have won so it, it it all depends how it goes and how things are going for you and that all depends on how you start off in the league the first couple of games you need to get some points you, you, you know you need two out of your your first four points you really do or else you're 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 sort of tightening up and you, and and you have to you have to be set yeah. but if i was a new manager going in now and i'm playing ross common a week after a, a, a league final um the league final could be a distraction in that in that regard i, I paul i think that's so relevant for this season particularly I, I you look at teams like Armagh who are out in the Premier League Championship in Ulster a week after uh do they really want to be playing in the league final before that I, I think there's a big factor if what we saw this weekend and I don't get me wrong was very entertaining and a lot of teams are maybe surprised at how their open round of the league went this year versus last year I do think you might see teams um if they get a win or two on their board or start to get comfortable that kind of six points that magic number you would see a lot more experimentation towards the back end of the league with a view towards championship I, I it's something that it's one to put a circle around, I think, definitely towards the, the latter. Yeah, get the get yourself in a position where you're not going to be relegated, hold in the middle, and then kind of rotate yeah, your team. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll be coming back to, to talking about Monaghan Armagh in, in, in the coming weeks. I thought it was a good result for Armagh to, to start with a window, and I think it does put Monaghan under the pump um, straight away. And I think of Kerry next weekend, which, is, which, which, which will be a, a tricky for them. But I want to talk about... Division two, I think Derry Derry had a really comprehensive sixteen points to four win over Limerick. Fairly, fairly routine. It was very interesting. I think that Connor Glass and Ethan Doherty from Glen played for played for Derry. Uh, it shows you as well the premium Derry are 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 putting on the league. I also, again, no surprise Clare beating Loud, even though Loud were ahead for a lot of the game. Never really felt that Clare. We're going to go, Claire. It's it's bizarre to me that Claire have not been spoken about as potential p- promotion candidates in that league. They've been kind of, kind of almost dismissed as if this is a, a shootout between Dublin, Derry, and and um and Kildare. Maybe with Cork and Mead behind them. I I see I see Claire right up in that mix. But I want to talk about two games in particular: Dublin, Kildare, um, in Croke Park, which Dublin won by a point, one eleven to thirteen points. And Mead Cork, um, Mead winning three fourteen to nineteen points. I, I I want to start with that game actually, James. I I see Cork and Mead as being very similar in standing, although a little bit ahead, I think, of Mayo when you took Mayo over the first time. And a note that Colm O'Rourke has gone into Mead, and that Kevin Walsh has gone into to to Cork, and. I think Kevin, Kevin Walsh is a brilliant coach, brilliant organizer, puts a defense together, and then Mead go down and score three fourteen on them. How would you? How would you? How would you? How would you see that? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a that's a brilliant win for 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 Mead going going down there and for for Cullum and um what a win like that does scoring they were full of energy they were full of enthusiasm you could you you could see it you know that that 
really solidifies a, a team and a group. You know, there's a new management in and, you know, you're u- used to hearing a, a different voice and then this guy comes in. You mightn't, you mightn't fully believe everything or you mightn't fully, you know, just question. But then when you have a win in a performance like that, it's amazing the bounce uh, Meath can could could get from that. It puts him in a really strong position for for in, in Division Two, you know. And I, I just on Colm, I I I think Colm O'Rourke will do really well um, with with me. Again, listen to his interviews. The interviews are very ta- they can be very talented, even though there might be much said. It can be very. Ta- I just thought um, his approach and the, the way he's looking at it and his his honesty in it. I, I, I think he's going to get a real kick, a real kick from that team. And again, just back to that the point I mentioned earlier, he was over the compromise rule team that was on in in um, in, in, in ninety nine. Um, well, like several meetings at that, and there was lots of trains and that kind of stuff. I just thought, as manager, I thought he was really, really good on that. I thought he was really good the way he talked to the players, um, the way he went about things. So, so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to follow his his progress with, with with real interest, but but a great a great win for them, um, and and you know Shane Walsh and a couple of the guys how how they played so it's it's they'll be bouncing off the off the ceiling this week. You know, looking forward to the to the next game. Cork uh, again from 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 what I saw from you mentioned Kevin Walsh. It takes a you know Kevin you know when he was going was very had a very defensive brought in a defensive sort of strategy I suppose. And it took like like anything that takes time, that takes time for for players to 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 get it or to know the positional sense. And you know you're probably going away from man to man marking to more zonal. And where do you sit? And when 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 do you engage? And when do you you know drop back to cover greater risk? All all that kind of stuff. That takes a lot of process and a lot of games to mm-hmm. to figure out. To be honest, it can be a very difficult thing. Man to man marking can be the most straightforward thing in the world, right? He comes into our half, you take him or whatever whatever it is. But then, if you're if, if more zone, so so there might be that. And I felt in some of Mead's scores yesterday, Cork sort of stood up. There was one in particular um, where, where Ian McGuire, not picking on Ian, you know, a good great midfielder, but he just stood up and let the the guys went just went past and went through the middle and ran ran pretty much ran the length of the field and kicked kicked it in. So the way the players' body language after that score looked like they weren't sure what they were what they were doing or who, what, it wasn't my fault. You know, that kind of vibe sometimes you get off, off different groups. So I think they have, a, they, have, they have a long way to go. They have a long way to go. But I tell you what, Division 2, you, 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 you better learn very, very quickly because what a, what, a, what a division that is this year, you know. And, and there's big teams coming hot and fast in that league at you. So, so they're going to have to, um, they're going to have to tighten up. They might have to maybe simplify defensively before they get the real one. I mean, maybe... Maybe simply go man to man and 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 put one or two or, or whatever sweepers if they need to do that to get themselves started. You know, make make it simple for players maybe, and then build build from there to where to where where you want to go. But but um, yeah, it's interesting interesting times. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, um, the James, on that from the point of view. Like, I mean, Cork, if you go back over the last couple of years, they they started playing Michael Potter as 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 a sweeper, and and that was kind of Sean Potter, yeah, Sean Potter. Sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, and you know that, that was kind of it. That was their tactic. They doubled up on, on uh, David Clifford a couple of times. They were doing the same during during the, the league last year as well. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, it's a brand new system to come into. And you, like I mean, as, as James said, you can't just flick a switch and get that going overnight. And it's a case of understanding communication, getting fellas talking to fellas, getting fellas to pick up runners, getting fellas to to sit back and hold. You know that takes a massive amount of communication. And that's what it comes out in the field is it, and understanding that you know that if you pass on a fella, you know it's going to be covered and there's trust in this. And like this is the first league <laughs> game, the league. I mean, this kind of stuff takes teams two years, three years to get right. So, like, I mean, this isn't something that Cork and this is where they need to be very careful from the point of view of like, as you say, Division Two is such a minefield now at the moment that you finish mid table there, you don't know whether you're complaining in the Sam Maguire or you're playing in the Italian Cup. So, like. Division two is just going to be an absolute minefield, I think, from that perspective this year, because there's teams that are going to go up. And look, I think being realistic about it is, I think you have to put Dublin in the bracket as one of the teams that are going to go up. I just think they're look, they're Division one side two and two. They're all Ireland contenders every day of the week, so I think they're going to go up. I think it's going to be the next one after that's going to be the massive scrap, the scrap for, for 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 the next position. Then even going back to Mead, again, Colm Rourke has come in. 
it's an extremely young side. He, he's you know, he's gone through the whole county looking for players. He said from senior to junior to intermediate clubs. And again, there's a lot of youth inside in that team. But again, it's going to take time. And I mean, at the end of the day, that youth as well is going to come up against a big physical team that's developed in just two or three years ahead of them. And they are going to come unstuck. So again, all that stuff with Mead, with, with Cork, it's it's going to take two or three years before they guess and find their feet and get themselves ready to to have a call at something. So, look, it's just, it's, Division 2 is going to be a fantastic league. I think it's probably going to be the one that most people will be watching. Kildare against Cork, 2 o'clock in Newbridge next Sunday is already a massive game. Yeah, it's an absolutely. amazing thing to say this about round two of the league. And I totally take the point from James and Morris earlier about Pete teams feel, finding their way. But I think that applies more to Division 1 than it does to the other divisions. I don't think there's any room in two, three, and four mm. to be looking for a team at the moment. This is hammered down straight from the beginning. Um, the Paul, possible ex- Cork, Cork, Cork are like I, I, I hate to play the, the this caveat again, like but Cork kind of are doing it. You look at UCC went to penalties last weekend. I think only one Marsh Shanley is the only player from that UCC who played at the weekend for Cork. Well, Colin Mahoney came on as well in the. The last t- last ten minutes, but otherwise there was none of them were involved. Conor Corbett, every single league preview, lads, that you no matter where you read it, the young player to watch, Conor Corbett, he wasn't even in the squad because he's coming back from a very serious injury, and their manager, he's also playing circus and football. This is the same thing that Cork are doing again. I I actually thought they definitely were lacking something else alongside Sherlock. Sherlock, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, the, like particularly when if you're going to run everything, I just don't think that necessarily suits Brian Hurley. Um. Like, like, Sherlock is so good at coming on the loop like that. Corbett actually was a similar player as a minor as well. But the second that game started, you were looking at kind of three matchups, and you were like, I, you were questionable at all three of them. Like, Hickey went to Sherlock, Kevin Donovan went straight over on the other end onto Shane Walsh, and Sean Powter went to 11 on, on Donald Cohen. And like, I know what, what Brian meant in terms of that it was a fairly one dimensional element of their defense last year, but I still think Sean Powter is at his best when he is that extra man as playing as, as a six and let Sean Meehan, who was playing six, push back again. So there's a lot of scope for like if you were to if you look at key principles of the the game, Cork, I think they were over 70% on their kick out, they destroyed Mead's long kick out. Like O'Donovan and Lee Maguire are unbelievable factors around the middle. Now I know McGowan took a bit of punishment and had to come off for a blood sub and that kind of stuff, but there was a lot of what they did was was, was really promising. Their, their big issue is that they conceded the same chance over and over again. You look at Killian Sullivan's goal, you look at Kyle Hickey's point a second later, you look at Campion's chance in the first half, that brilliant double save by Michal A. Martin. It's the same thing. It's, a, it's the same thing that's happening over and over again. So I think that's where what James is talking about there in terms of, when you know, if, if that's a runner from deep and you suddenly you're being told to, Kevin Walsh is thinking about filling all the lanes, you know, you, you divide a field into one to five and you're trying to track all these runners if it's not somebody's job and you're only starting off with that system it's inevitable there's a lot of yeah. wires getting crossed and things falling apart so i i do think that uh the scope for cork now like do you what do you do those all those boys are still playing Sigerson this week what do you like will for example would we see Connor corbett in newbridge the the scope that comes into that that'll be really interesting someone like brian hartnett like there's a lot of i think the pressure that comes in particularly what you're talking about there Paul is is pressing, so I I'd be very curious to see the team Cork pick for this weekend. Yeah, and as well, it'd be interesting to see what Kildare do too. I was in Crow Park. I thought Kildare were much better this year than they were last year. I thought it was a serious match. Um, it was a serious game. I thought Dublin. I thought Dublin were okay. I thought they were the better team, but there's a I think it's a really interesting thing to watch from the first half the last day, and I know Dublin have been defensive in the past, but there were periods in the first half yesterday where Dublin had everyone in their own half. They didn't even have Con up. Sometimes they left Con up with Cormac Costello, but other times there was actually everybody in the Dublin half and, and they were trying to run, like break at enormous pace. Other times when, when Dublin were, had Kildare pinned in and were passing the ball back across, um, defensively they set up with two markers inside and they had Owen Merchant playing as a sweeper at the top of the D. And then they kind of shifted away from that for a while. And, and you, you, you picked it you picked it exactly right. Johnny Small spent a lot of time up the pitch. And he kicked a great point in the first half. Yeah. But I'll come back down to it. The one thing you could say about Dublin when they were in their pomp was that Dublin were the most skillful team in the country. I know they're incredibly fit, but they had a range of players that were incredibly skillful. 
And you, I don't think you can say anymore that Dublin's skills are better than any other team. I thought they gave away the ball easily in the, for, in the particularly in the first half. They all, and I know it's the first game of the league. I know you're going to say that, but they they gave away the ball. Their handling was relatively poor. The decision making wasn't great, and only one Dublin forward scored from play in the first half, which was Niall Scully with a left footed shot from out the field. And that's a fair thing to say about a Dublin forward line. Did you notice anything different on it on uh, on them, James? Did you when you looked at them? Yeah, um, others. I think your point on the skills is, is a good one, Paul. People forget when when Dublin were 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 at their peak, you 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 do very well to pick out a mistake in their game, and by mistake I mean you know a skill error or you know a misplaced hand pass or a foot pass that went astray or what they were their their execution of the basics I think is what what set them apart. They, yeah, they, I agree. They made, they made zero mistakes. It was yeah. unbelievable. It was football at a level that had never been played at. I, I think that level of execution. So they were phenomenal at that and then they had their system and how they played and look look at and and Brian knows as well as the sprinkling of of top class players some of the best players ever in the game that they had as well so they they had a potent mix but they had they had their their shape and how they attacked and how they played and then they had line breakers like Jermud and Paul Flynn and all these guys that could just 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 break a line whenever they needed so so that became very set and and they actually nearly overdid that towards the end I, I think in that they became Sort of too preoccupied with taking the absolute right shot that they 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 nearly over overpassed mm-hmm. at times, you know. So it was very interesting to see their how, how their method changed. But 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 I think it's changing now. Uh, I I think the few clips that I saw was very evident how they were trying to get you know they're you know they typically go down this side, so you have two runners that go out the far side, so that you know within three passes they're going to get at the far side, and you could see their their. Their halfbacks and even midfield waiting out and holding, you know, till the first or second pass is played, and then they time their runs come in. You, you, you know, Brian Fenton's goal was sort of a, a, a version of that. So they're definitely trying to, you know, their space creation is is what they sort of pride themselves in. So so they create that, and then they have the runners coming. So again, back to Morris's point: if you have too many people ahead of the ball, you're actually defending your own attack. Yep. You, you know, you're, there's too many bodies there, whichever way it is. So how, the, how I see the game evolving is that you have people now, they maybe have two, maybe three max ahead of the ball once you, you go into the opposition half, and it's timed runners coming from each flank and probably two coming each side of the ball that come through the middle that create the options um, as opposed to, like, if you have people in front of the ball with their back to goal coming out towards you to take, to take the ball, it's, it's easier to defend. The way teams are setting up now, so I think what you're seeing is that that evolution where the the runners are coming coming from deeper at at, at very specific times that create sort of confusion in in, in any defense. So so um, look, I I I, I, I agree, John. Kildare were I thought Kildare were good. Um, I I think they're getting better under Glenn. I think they're get they look strong. Um, they have threat now. They have threat. Yeah, Jack now. Robinson was yeah. very good. Oh, Jack Robinson was a really, big addition. Yeah, I thought he was really good. He's got strong and he's yeah. pace now, and he's confidence on the ball. I thought he was really, really good. Um, and Highland in there as well. So they have threat. You know, maybe previously you wouldn't. You know, you'd you'd, you'd fancy yourself to 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 outgun them, out shoot there, but now they have threat. Um, and they, they look strong, so it's going to be interesting. That like next week, next weekend's game against it's, Corp, it's, really... it's such a massive game. It's yeah, such it's a massive interesting game for them. Yeah. We're, we're going to we're going to break down Dublin a little bit in the coming weeks uh, and the thing. So, but we'll move we'll move to um, to the big one in Division Three uh, quickly. I mean, it was a, obviously a big win for Offaly up in Antrim in <laughs> in, in, uh, in, uh, in 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 Corrigan Park is a, a great start um, for for Offaly. Surprise down, obviously a goal win over Tipperary. I I think the re, the the victory of Cavan over Westmead was the the, the two teams that played in the Belgian Cup last. Really fancied Cavan to win that. Westmead were down injured players who were only just coming back, and will get stronger as the league mm. went on. But the the surprise on uh, in that company was for Manor beating Longford Longford, who had won the. Uh, a burn uh, Cup and it makes Division 3 next weekend again fascinating even though it's week 2 Westmead and Longford a local derby and whoever loses that is in trouble 
um, Westmead in terms of our promotion. A lot will be gone from 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 then uh, as well. And if you go into Division Four, Wexford drawn with London, Carlo not being beaten or Wicklow not being beaten in Carlo for the first time since the 17th century or something like that managed to come out of it with with a point. Um, big result for for Carlo there. Leitrim hammering Waterford and and Sligo being well beaten at home by by each like already you you get the feeling that there's there's teams moving who are their season is already on the line in the next couple of games so the way the league works is there are this week uh this next weekend second round of matches then there's a break for a week there's two more match or three matches and then a break for a week so this is very little time to to fix things and if you if you're a player Brian and you lose the first league game or the second league game, what does it do for 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 morale in a team? Well, I suppose look that that's the point I was trying to make earlier on with, with Kerry. Like if they lose the second league game, all of a sudden they are looking in a dog fight, especially Division One, because it's so competitive. And that's then where you're turning around and you're knocking in on the door of David Clifford and Paulie Clifford and Sean Shea and Paul Ganey trying to get these fellas back and all of a sudden, it's 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 not called panic stations, but I suppose what happens then is you know you're it kind of is to sort of be panic stations because at the end of the day you're you're trying to avoid you're not going to be relegation and it's kind of the morale is, is low and there's a bit of panic happening around the place there's a bit of anxiety around the place and you know it, it puts pressure on fellas having to perform and I suppose that what happens then is you have to go back to the to the tried and trusted, and you're going to Jack's going to go back to the fellas that he knows he can trust, the fellas that have won the All Ireland from previously, and all of a sudden the, the the newcomers' confidence starts slacking. Um, they're getting taken off. They're not getting game time. Then you're questioning are these fellas up to it? Clearly, more maybe they're not up to it because we're not winning. But very hard for 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 young fellas to come into a group, and I suppose you can see this throughout uh, um, every county. And it, you know, James mentioned there that you you want to give certain fellas a chance to. To, to develop and get give them an opportunity to play into county football to see if they're up to it. Then you're trying to mind the older players who have a lot of mileage on the clock. You have fellas that have played football, a lot of football throughout the year. Um, and it's just a difficult, difficult time for, for all teams because they're trying to build at the start of the season, trying to get find a new, few new bodies. And all of a sudden, results don't go your way and the pressure is mounting. And it's difficult. And that's where then... You know, you you have to go back to your tried and trusted. You're, you know, you're. I can imagine if James is moving there, you're going knocking someone's door to come back in and need you back in straight away because things aren't going well for us. It it, it even happened to me back in the time when I was playing with the, with the club. We went to an intermediate final uh, in in Crow Park and we 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 won that. And I think the following weekend, I got our, I said the Wednesday night after that, I got a phone call from Memphis Mars. Can you please come up to Down? We're after losing the first two league games. We need to get a result above and down. And all of a sudden, you're back into the fray of it. And that's what happens. And I think, um, especially for those players, and I found it difficult at that summer. And I think we talk about Sean Kelly there, that's the amount of football he has played in the last while. And he's back playing series of football, back playing to count football at the moment. My concern for him is when the summer comes around, has he got that extra gear, that kick to go because he's had no break? And I recall back in 2016, that's what happened to me. When we came to that stage of the All-Ireland quarterfinal, semi-final, you get to Crow Park, training goes up, the intensity goes up. I couldn't get that kick because I had such a long year prior to it. So that's I could be the concern for teams who are resting players, fellas coming back from injuries, you're going to push them on. And all of a sudden, I think when you really need them down the stretch, I don't think they've had the recovery. I don't think they've had the, the work done to or the recovery or the the um, you know the they just they're not at the pitch of the game where they the rest yeah, and recuperate, yeah. exactly. No, and then all of a sudden yeah. you're looking to, to build your panel and don't you look at Galway, they're trying to find a few bodies. All of a sudden, if these fellas aren't getting game time, you're coming down the stretch in the All Ireland semi final. Well, can we trust him to know? And this is where the question marks come in. So, it, it, look, it's it's a tough period of time. And that's why I think that it, it's nice if you can win one or two of your first or two league games. It just eases the burden. You can relax a bit more. The pressure isn't on you. You can try a few new things. You can keep trying one or new players. And it just makes life a bit easier, I find. I know, James, you probably have a better idea from the point of view in, in, in being in the manager's seat. But I think from, from the player, that's my overall perspective, having been in, in, inside in it. Yeah. Um, it, it, can be, it can be a tricky one because yeah. you, usually at the beginning of the year, you'll say, look, 
you know, you, you keep communication open. So you say we're, we're, the following players will be joining us, this, 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 and this, you, you know, because they need because of this reason. So they've a long club campaign. But then if you lose your first two league games, if you have no points going into that 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 break, you're you're probably ringing those players to bring them back in. But you've said to, to the group that you weren't going to bring them in, you know, till the so <laughs> that spread in itself starts to spread panic. You know, oh God, the manager might be panicking that spread, you know. So so there's all those things. So it, it can be a tricky uh, a, a tricky one to get to get right for sure. We, we we're going to leave the intercounty game and just for a few minutes talk about the the club saga. Uh, Glenn, Wally Graham's again, Kilmacud Croaks, Morris. Um, we're recording this on Monday morning. What's happening? Uh, good question. Both clubs are going to meet officials in Co Park tonight. It sounds like, um, like the rally policy, as I'm sure you know, this could drag on for for weeks and weeks. I don't. Do people realise that because, like, I, I I hate to keep bringing this up, and but just because Co Park or because the CCC didn't intervene originally, like under six point four four, we're now in a different subsection. Like so, we're in because we're we're talking about objections, and within those objections, the best piece has been written about this saga from the, the moment it started was uh, bias aside was Jack Anderson in the Examiner on Saturday, and he just spelled out the the farcical nature of the GA rulebook and how it came to be that because the CC didn't uh, intervene, they left it up to the clubs to object. What that meant is that we're now in a just a different category. We're in into objections, so this could like. There, it is feasible that this is in front of the DRA in a month's time. That's that's a, an option because, to my mind, the the biggest issue in all this was that we they left a the void. There was no sense of leadership. They didn't grasp that. They left it up to the clubs to resolve it. So whether or not you agree or disagree with what Glenn have done, what Kilmer could have done, I think per, personally, I think there was a void left there, and that's why we've descended down this. So people are surprised this is dragged out for a week. It could drag out longer. There's every opportunity it could drag out longer. I actually think if there is a resolution for what it's worth, it'll come from the clubs. It'll be one of these clubs who decide, you know, we're not going to proceed with this. We're not going to play, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, that's the the only resolution for a, in terms of getting a short term or getting something in the relative short term resolved. But otherwise, this is going to drag out. And personally, I think it's going to drag out because because there was a void left. There was a lack of leadership. Nobody was willing to, yeah. to grasp this nettle and, and and take the issue on. So and that's why that's why we are where we are. It's like. And a complete abdication of responsibility, really, when it came down to it. I think it was wrong to put the to put the emphasis on Glenn, first of all. And I understood, I understand entirely why Glenn objected in the circumstances the way they did. I also understand why Kilmacudcrokes are coming back and saying what they're saying. I totally understand that as well. What I don't understand is how it was allowed to get to this, how it was allowed to get to this impasse where eight days after the playing of an All Ireland final, the 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 most important club day of 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 the year, the the pinnacle of the club game, eight days after it, this this debacle is 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 ongoing. James, what what's your view of it? It's it's, it's a complete mess. But I'd hope that tonight's meeting. My understanding is that the two representatives from both teams are going to meet with the GA tonight. That's my understanding of it. So you'd hope that that be, would be a facilitation session there that it's just brought to a resolution. I think to your point, Mars, that both teams sort of say that, look, it is what it is. Let's, let's sort of move on, to be honest. I, 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 I hope that's the case. I don't think either team wants to play a replay. I don't think a replay is an option. Shane Walsh out in Australia, uh, he, he's, he, he's done. Kilmacud have come out and, 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 and said that they don't want to what a game. And Glenn, you, you know, with the two guys playing for Derry at the weekend, those guys just probably wanted to get back and play football. They wanted to move on from, from from the saga. So I don't think there's a, there's any of the teams want to play it. Um, I I completely get what you're saying, Paul. I, I I understand why Glenn threw in that objection. Almost, you know what? Here you back into your court now, guys. You you, you should have yeah. started this out in the first place. You know that that sort of that, that's exactly right. I I understand. I think that's why they did it. I think they kind of uh, said you should have uh, fixed this, and now here you are. I'll fix it. Absolutely. Unless. If the issue wasn't like an issue like this happens in a game, if it's not sorted during the game, yes, or you know, if the game is the game is over and the presentation is given and teams go separate ways, um, it, I, I think it's done. I think you have to, you know, in sport and in games, there's 
hard, you know, sort of hard luck stories or stuff that happens to you that shouldn't happen and refs make mistakes and umpires make mistakes and things, there's mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. I think you nearly sometimes just need to, to, to take it on the chin and, and, and move, move, move on. And I, I think the Glenn, I, I'd be awful surprised if that wasn't what the Glenn players, I know Maliki Rourke came out straight after it, who's a very guy of huge integrity, came out straight away and said, and I, I, I think if I was in that situation, I'd be, I'd be saying, move it on. What can we learn? The the hierarchy, the GA hierarchy here were an absolute shambles in how they dealt with it. I think that's w- without without question. So there needs to be, you know, that's where it needs to be solved. You know, the fourth official that's on side, what's his job? Two on, two off, whatever it is. You know, there, there are no players or no team did anything wrong here, in my opinion. So it's the GA need to take this one, sort it out, learn lessons. Hopefully the two teams can resolve tonight, move it on, and let's kill this and learn from it, you know? But I think that's the only way. That, like, it was a pure and utter just lack of leadership, in my view, from the GA to let this rumble on this this far. And like, I, I don't know, I, I seriously question myself at times with the GA, how they're, they're running things. And look, it's for another conversation for another day because I think there's a complete and utter lack of leadership from the point of view that everything they do is reactive from the point of view with rule changes. Or something around to get to get football. We have to, what we do. Or we'll introduce the mark. So we'll just do something for the sake of doing something. And I think the same thing happened here. No one actually took a bit of leadership and said, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this. Oh, look, we'll just see how it festers out and hopefully it'll go away. There's serious lack of leadership inside the GA. I'm, look, I don't want to get started though, because <laughs> if I get started on this, I think some of the stuff that goes on inside are just they're not. I think some of the people inside the GA, to be honest with you, are not fit for purpose from the point of view that, and I hear this, back in my day, this is what we did, but back in the day, and I think that's the problem. There's too many people inside the GA making decisions that were playing football back in the day and haven't moved on with football and where it is now at the moment. And I think we see as a result of where we are now with that at the moment. We, um, we're going to come back to this issue. I'll just leave it on a, on a point of history. In 1887, the first ever Cork Senior Hurling Final wasn't finished because of an objection. The same year, the Limerick Senior Hurling Final was abandoned. There were two county boards set up after it. Two Cork teams went to Dublin to play a match, claiming to be Cork champions and so on. We imagine that we've changed. The the objection is one of the great things in the history of of daily football and hurling. We haven't really quite managed to get on for it. I'd like to thank um, Larry Ryan for running this podcast. I'd like to thank Jack Rocca, or Raf Rocca, Jack Neville, Tony Lean, and everyone at Examiner Sport for their help. Thanks to Allianz for their support and partnership. A huge thanks to James Horn. Very welcome to the podcast. To, to Brian Sheehan, to Morris Brosnan for joining us today. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues.